Hey, what's up? I'm Anthony. And I'm Dan. And we are J&J Missions, spreading the gospel by all means, one soul at a time. We give live talks, we make YouTube videos, and you can find us all over social media. And as you probably figured, we have a podcast. Whether we're giving spiritual tips, deliberating about current events, or talking saints and devotionals, we want to bring the Catholic faith to you in a totally orthodox, yet relatable, down-to-earth way. If you want to support us, head over to our website, www.jmjmissions.com. Good day to you. What's up, everybody? This is the JMJ Missions Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Palmieri, joined by my co-host, Anthony McCullough. Uh, so we want to apologize. It's our first podcast in like a month almost, a month. right? Wow. Uh, a month's time. That's because we missed one two weeks ago. We deeply apologize. Aunt, you got sick. Yep. And then as soon as you start getting better, I got sick. Yep. And my family too. And then by the time we were supposed to make it up, we were just both just swamped with stuff to do. Yeah. We were not able to get it done. I had a paper to write. You had some you had some kids to take care of. <laughs> yeah. And we also uh, have tons of retreats and talks actually right now. Uh, Lent is like the number one biggest season for us for bookings, for confirmation retreats and talks. I have a few missions. So uh, actually kind of a good problem to have. Yeah, we're booked note. every Saturday from now until April 29th is our first Saturday off. Yeah. And lots of uh, other things in between, too, like a lot of weekday yeah, events. Yeah, weeknight talks, a yeah. couple, three weeknight retreats in that weeknight time retreats. Span. I have a couple missions booked. So mm-hmm. uh, on that note, anyone that's listening, if you want us to come to your parish, uh, pretty much, honestly, anywhere in the U.S., but especially if you're local, like New Jersey area, uh, please t- uh, feel free to tell your pastor about us or your DRE for confirmation retreats. Or we do school retreats, high schools, everything. So let us know, and we'd be happy to come out. But enough of that. On to the good stuff, our topic, which is fasting. Three ways fasting can absolutely transform your relationship with God. That is what we're going to be talking about today. But first, stuff in the world, Ant, that's all you. Well, it's going to be Ash Wednesday and when we release this. And most of our listens happen on the day that it's released. I'd say probably like 70% of them. So more likely than not, you're listening to this on Ash Wednesday. That's why we're talking about fasting. <laughs> but also, aside from that, it's always fun to talk about what to give up for Lent. And so I figured we'd talk about maybe what we're doing this year and what we've done in the past that was really good or really bad. So first, why don't we start with you, Dan? What are you doing this year? This year, I am most likely, I, normally I'd like reduce phone time or give up music in the car, but I can't do those two things for various reasons. First, phone time, like I don't have time to go on my phone anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have time to scroll, it's like half hour, 20 minutes yeah, at so most. That's not even worth giving up. Not even worth giving up. You can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. It'd be too easy. Plus, I should be praying during that time, so I'm trying to work on that anyway. Just kind of put my phone down and praying. So what I think I'm going to do is try to eat healthy uh, every meal that I am in control of. Mm-hmm. For example, if um, somebody you know, orders pizza for me and my family, I'll have the pizza. I mean, that's God's will. It's free. Yeah. It was given to me. You know. But any meal that I'm actually in control of, I'm going to try to take the healthier route. Mm-hmm. That I feel like is good for my body. As, I, as, as a dad, i got to take care of my body now and as we both get older, you got to make sure you're on top of that. Um, and also, it's good for my soul because, like, I am I have a very American diet. 21st century American, like, cheap fast food, mm-hmm. pizza, donuts. Like, you know, yeah. I'm always eating stuff that's pretty bad for you. I'm able to get away with it because I used to be active enough where, like, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't it wouldn't, like, show up on my body. But now right. I'm getting older. So I think <laughs> it's this, this, uh, this kills a bunch of birds with one stone. Most importantly, I think, just to, to be able to give up the um 
instant gratification of the food you're comfortable with. Right. In order to take the healthier route, I can offer up that, uh, you know, less appetizing food to um, offer up to God. So yeah, I like it. How about you? Uh, this time I'm giving up Instagram and TikTok, but I am still going to use it because I have to post for JMJ missions. So I'm definitely going to get rid of my personal Instagram. You know, I'm like, I'm just yeah. not going to use that at all. Yeah. Um, but the other, I, I'm only going to try to, you know, log on Instagram, literally create the post and then get off. Yeah. Cause then it's going to be another challenge. Like I, cause I'm going to be tempted to scroll or see who liked it or see who commented stuff like that. But I have to, I'm just not gonna be able to do that. It's going to have to post it, pop off and then that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the yeah. same exact, uh, I used to be the same exact way at least before all my time was yeah. accounted for. <laughs> Cause I noticed I was trying to think about what area in my life am I most distracted or where do I waste the most time? Because I have so many things that I'm doing that I can't afford to waste time. I right. mean, you and I are busy in different ways. I don't have any kids. But, you know, I'm taking a grad class, and I'm always just doing this and that. I have JMJ missions, and I work full-time. stuff at school, too. Yeah, and I yeah. was even a tennis coach. So, like, I my time is always kind of very neatly organized. So, I really can't afford to waste it. So, I was thinking, like, where do I waste the most time? And it's definitely scrolling. Especially right before bed. I don't know. You might not do this, but, you know, as a single guy... I'll, I'll be like about to fall asleep, but I'll just scroll like until I get tired. I think a like, lot of people single or not end up doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just like scroll and then my eyes get so heavy and then I yeah. close my eyes. But like, I, I got to not do that. I got to like, just put that down and pray. Yep. Cause you know, that's like five minutes in contemplation that I could spend, you know, Maria, of, like, you know, like consuming random memes, <laughs> consuming <laughs> random memes. Yeah. Maria Esperanza said, losing a day is like losing a lifetime because as jesus said don't worry about tomorrow all we have for salvation is today mm -hmm. all we can do is serve god right now so weirdly enough it's if if uh it also says in the bible that one day for god is like a thousand years because like each day has so much going on and you know he's in every single second he's present there in every second of our day so it's so precious for us to use the time we have and i think a lot of people today you know it's already so fast paced each day of ours we have so much going on that we barely have enough time for God as it is. So the time that you do have for the Lord, which is so important, probably the most important time you could spend, I can see how um, the devil's really trying to like distract people with, yeah. with phones. Not that phones are bad in and of themselves, we know that, but you know what I'm going with Right, going and with it's that. also like the devil tricks you into like thinking that this instant reward of like laughing at a meme or finding a funny video is going to be better than spending three minutes of silent prayer. Yeah. And it's not. And let's... <laughs> Let's face it. It's also a straight up addiction. Yeah. Like what's an mm -hmm. addiction? It's something that your brain is trained to take comfort in. Mm -hmm. In my, in my opinion, it's like, it wasn't your soul. Your soul desired it at first. Your soul got used to it. Your body, you know, um, like kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, got adapted to it. Adapted or? to your soul, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your, your body went along with what your soul was going, going for. And then your brain was changed. You see the brain of an addict. And I think most of our brains, if I guarantee if you took brain scans of the average 21st century person who has a, a smartphone, mm -hmm. their brain would probably even look different oh, than definitely. someone else because of that. We're all addicted to our phones. Yeah. So it really is an interesting situation. I mean, you need it for so many things, aspects of life, but you know, it's also why we're really bad at being bored. And I think it's why like we're seeing so many people that it's so hard to keep their attention and, yep. and this or that. Yep. It's because our brains are wired for dopamine. Right. And we get the dopamine on the phone right. in various forms. In 15 second bursts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like such like, tiny little bursts of video. Exactly. Like so that. then like when something's not giving you dopamine, everyone's like, what is this? Right. And like, they're just like, okay, bye. And you know, it's interesting. Pope Benedict, I was reading an article. He mentioned that silence is so important. Mm -hmm. So you can see how people are getting so lost and can't seem to find peace and happiness and can't find God anymore because he speaks to you in silence. Yeah. And we were afraid of silence, uh -huh. you know, very interesting. So I think it's a great thing to do for Lent. 
Uh, for any of our listeners, if you do find yourself spending too much time on digital things, especially on your phone, cutting down that time, setting an alarm for yourself, setting rules up for yourself, especially during Lent, then trying to keep them going after Lent would be a great idea, in my opinion. Yeah. And just one more tip real quick. I got this from Amber, the religious hippie. Uh, she made a video last year of things to give up, and she said to put your phone into black and white, grayscale. I really like that because when you look at your phone when it's in black and white, it's just so boring. Like everything's all the same color. Social media is not the same. So ultimately you'll spend less time on your phone. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And actually that's actually, that's a really good um, symbolic way of teaching yourself what's really important because spiritually your phone is like dreary. It's dry. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like seeing something in grayscale because your, your soul is not made to consume your phone. Your soul is made to consume the Lord, which is uh-huh. so much better. It's only, uh, you know, our addictions and our, you know, our shallow, our shallowness, if that's a word that uh, convinces us that our phones are like good for us and exciting when really ex- a relationship with God, you know, nothing can replace that. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, without further ado, we'll take a quick break and then get to the topic, which are three amazing ways that fasting can transform your relationship with the Lord. Don't go away. All right, so fasting, fasting, interesting topic. Uh, pretty much every religious tradition has some form of like fasting in it, which means I think there's something in the human soul, no matter what background you come from, that just somehow understands that fasting is a good thing. I'm going to just be honest. I did not understand fasting before my conversion. I didn't understand the point. It just seemed weird to me. And there's a funny story when we were in high school. I mean, me and Rock oh, yeah. took took our faith somewhat seriously uh, not really but not enough but we at least didn't eat meat on like fridays and lent or at least most of the time <laughs> i remember one time well do you want to tell the story yeah we were eating lunch i was a junior you guys were sophomores and i got a chicken sandwich on a friday in lent and i sat down with my i was so excited to eat it and then you and rock both started laughing and you were like "Ant, what are you doing <laughs> and i was like I'm about to eat chicken and he was like you can't you guys said you can't eat meat. It's Friday, and I said it's not meat. It's poultry. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, Rock was like, "Dan, is that true? I don't I don't know if poultry is. I think poultry is meat. I think it's considered meat." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm like 99 percent sure chicken's considered like normal meat. You can't eat." And then Aunt, you literally just looked at us, shrugged your shoulders, chuckled, just took a huge juicy bite of it. Huge bite. I would never do that now. Just didn't care at all. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Secretly just, just eating tons of meat on Fridays. <laughs> so I didn't get it. Even back then, like, I knew not to do it, but I still didn't fully, like, I was like, why, you know? Yeah. I remember uh, a friend of ours who was not Catholic. She was Protestant. She asked, like, one time, like, why do you guys do that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just do it. <laughs> yeah. Which shows the level of catechesis we're at right now. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, before we get into the, the incredible reasons why fasting is really, really important and really good, and what are the rules? You want to give a rundown? Yeah, sure. Quick rundown. If you are within the ages, I've heard 14 to 59, but I think it's 18 to 59. It's 14. It's 14? Yep. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-oh. I might have to tell my students because I told them it was 18. And oh, So they got to know. You misled your, your the souls of your flock. Oh, no. I feel like I've <laughs> looked it up somewhere and saw that it was 18, but yeah, it's definitely all right, not. 14. They're going to be mad. I'm going to have to tell them tomorrow. Yeah, bro. They're going to be so mad. All right, so 14 to 59. Uh, you can have two small meals. And one medium meal, uh, no snacks and no meat. The small meals, the point is that when you're done eating, you're still hungry. The medium meal uh, can't be, has to be the size of like when the two smaller meals are added up, 
they can't be bigger than the medium meal. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and the idea, I think it's a big meal. It's a big meal is okay. I've always heard medium. It's not, it's not really like big because like the idea is like that you won't, when you're done eating, you want to feel satisfied. That's true. But not stuffed. That's true. That makes sense. Yeah, because if you eat a big meal, you might be like, it's like Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, so then that's that's fast. For me, that's a huge meal. That's okay. Yeah, I, that's, I, that would, medium, yeah, that would be huge. Medium sounds I usually sounds do right. like two and a, two and a half slices of pizza. If I do three, I'd be like super scrupulous. Okay, like. <laughs> This last Good Friday, like an extra piece of bread, and I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're alive, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that that's, it? that's it? That's oh, those okay. are the rules. Uh, it's just twice a year: Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Yes, yes, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, yeah, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and and fasting days would be every Friday in Lent, isn't it? Abstinence days Abstinence are very days, Friday okay. in Lent because that's no meat. You okay. don't have to fast. You don't have to fast Friday. fully. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. Uh-huh. All right. Well, good thing you are. Uh, the expert in that well, arena. I guess not. I guess I not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> All right. So in general, though, fasting is actually a wonderful thing to do. It's kind of like one of the best kept secrets. It's not really a secret, but it's like a secret weapon of, of the church and of Jesus and of the saints. It's a really usually Catholic and Orthodox kind of thing, um, fasting. Uh, at least the Orthodox and Catholic um spirituality is a little more um centered on it a little more into it especially during times like lent but um it will literally transform your relationship with god there are three really huge benefits uh, of why it's important so we'll take them one by one okay here is number one because fasting puts your soul in charge of your body rather than it being the other way around we're just talking about american culture how we're so distracted one other thing about I would say even Western culture, maybe even just global culture in 21st century in general. Uh, we have a lot, right? The, our quality of life and standard of living has gone up around the world. We have access to all kinds of things, all kinds of entertainment, all kinds of food, all kinds of beverages, all kinds of distractions. What happens is that that saturates your soul. If you give in to all these distractions, you kind of just do whatever you want all the time. You become almost enslaved to your passions. You get an impulse to do something, and it's almost like you have to do it. We get really bad at saying no to impulses that aren't good for us. Sins and things that aren't sinful alike. Just Even just keeping non-sinful things in moderation. Well, fasting puts all of that back in its rightful place. In the end, God made us uh, for our souls to be in charge of our body not the other way around. Right, because if it's the other way around, your flesh isn't going to lead you to heaven. Right. Like that one, the flesh wants to be satisfied now with X, Y, and Z. Right. It doesn't care about later, but the soul is what actually matters because that's what's permanent. So you need your soul to be in charge, and fasting is a good way to train it. It's like a Rocky montage scene <laughs> of training. Like if fasting is like him doing sit-ups. It really is. Uh, honestly, um, well, Jesus said it, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The apostles, because they weren't at a saintly level yet, they were still just following Jesus without the help of the of, of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit descended upon them. They wanted to stay awake with Jesus. They had good hearts. A lot of people have good hearts, but no discipline to be able to put it in action. No discipline. So they couldn't stay awake. Well, if they were used to fasting a lot, if they, you know, had the help of the Holy Spirit and they were like the spiritual masters, they became, you know, just a few months later, I'm sure they would never have fallen oh, yeah. asleep, you uh-huh. know? So even even things like controlling your impulses and, and you know sometimes in your state of life, you know love will require you to go above and beyond. Yeah, love will sacrifice. require you sacrifice. Right, mm-hmm. it'll require you to sacrifice. Like having kids, you have to get up in the middle of the night no matter what and do it. Yeah, you, you don't know? have a choice. Exactly. So and other times love will require you to keep moderation. You know maybe you want to eat a ton. Like maybe you you're trying to save money though, uh, and so you like just now I bought Chinese food 
for um, Panda Express, by the way. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, we, it you is, know what's weird? It's better than I thought it would be. Yeah, was that your first time getting it no, today? No, it was like my fifth, but like it still surprises me every time. Just a little fun fact. Anthony came over for this podcast, and he's like, oh, I just had Panda Express. I was like, me too. I got yeah. on the way home from work <laughs> from my family. But what happened with my Panda Express experience is I got to save money. One like family, not family meal, but one it's like cheap. big meal. It is pretty cheap, yeah. actually. Uh, of rice and two kinds of chicken and beef, right, for my family. But me, my wife, and my little son, Danny, all split it. So I actually had to eat less than what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's okay if you're used to it. If right. you've already trained yourself to put, like, your state of life, to put God's will, to put love, really, in front of uh, – to, to have love guide everything you do, we should say, then these these decisions you're going to have to make, these sacrifices you're going to have to make, won't be as hard when you have to actually make them. And knowing that that sacrifice benefited your family, like Karen probably had like a couple extra pieces of chicken. Oh yeah, and Danny probably had an extra piece too. And like that, he kind of wasted it, but he was on his plate and he kind of like slobbered right. on it, so I couldn't eat it. And yeah. like that feeling of you knowing that you didn't eat that for them, right. I'm sure like that will give you the fuel that your stomach needed in the first place. Right. Or if you would have ate it, you probably would have felt horrible. I mean, not that you would have ate it right in front of their faces and like ha, <laughs> but like yeah, you know what I mean. Also, uh, the more you can control your impulses, the more you can actually hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. This was not part of uh, – this is just coming to me now. This wasn't on our list that we made. But um, it kind of falls in with this first category of putting your soul in charge of your body because if you're always just led by your impulses, it's harder to hear God's voice because you're always just listening to right. what your body wants to do. And then you get addicted to comfort. And right. you need that comfort in any form. Like wh- whichever way it presents itself is what you have to do. Right. So if God interiorly – wanted to say the holy spirit wants to say to your soul i need you to do x y and z you might not even hear it or you might not even consider it because it it might get in the way of your comfort Uh so um it actually helps you to really uh hear god's voice and do god's will and trains you in that regard jesus actually summed it up really well when he said one does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of god he was hungry out in the desert the devil's tempting him and his response is like I don't make my decisions just based on food. I make my decisions based on what the Father wants. Yeah. And that goes deeper than food. Even if I have to give up food or basic needs for a short time or I have to give up my comforts, I will do it because that is what love is requiring of me. Right. And giving up comforts is a different form of fasting. It's like fasting, just not food related. I right. had a, I had a friend whenever this person wanted to pray for someone and more than just say like a Hail Mary for them, they would sleep on the floor. You know, like they would just go on, on the floor. I'm not even sure if they would use a blanket. But they would offer that up for like they had a bed, obviously. Right. But they would offer it up for that person, and I thought that that was I was pretty impressed by that. Actually. Well, that's actually a great segue. Uh, in one second, I have one last thought on point number one, which is if you're training yourself to say no in little things, it'll actually get easier to say no to real sins. If you're saying no to things that aren't sinful, but you're just keeping moderation, like you know you're not eating meat on Fridays, maybe you you're giving up uh, something that you really like for Lent. Like one year was music in the car for me, a couple yeah. of years, which I loved. I used to love just blasting music in the car before I was married and stuff. I was always driving around, giving up music in the car. I mean, music in the car is not bad, especially I was listening to Christian music sometimes. So it's not a sin, but me being able to say no to that and taking the time to train myself to say no to that actually is going to help me in other ways to say no to real things that are harmful for my soul, like sins. Yeah, because saying no is like a muscle. Exactly. And then, like, when the flesh wants something, if if that muscle isn't strong, like, you're going to let it win every time. Yep. So you have to hit the gym. (laughs) Right. By fasting. Right. Yeah, you can't just just start, you know, saying no to big sins if – 
well, and, and I guess in a gym uh, analogy, that would be like benching, you know, 100 pounds, 200. It's not that tough, 200 pounds, whatever, if you can't bench the bar, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. So saying True. no to little things like you're benching the bar, then 50, then you can actually say no to real sins. Yeah, that's, bad for that's you. a good point. Uh, the second thing you already hinted at, this point number two, fasting is an intense form of love. It's a little mini suffering, and therefore fasting, you could say, is a super prayer. I love that terminology. And you mentioned, like, the who was fasting on the floor? Uh, a friend or, of mine. Or fasting yeah. on the floor. A friend of uh, yours was sleeping on the floor. I'm yeah. sorry. Fasting <laughs> on the floor. Like, they just don't eat and lay down. They just lay down on the floor. <laughs> no, that's what I used to eat. do when I was hungry, <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, what, nothing was in your uh, I pantry. I used to get so bummed out about food sometimes. And, like, there was food in the pantry. Like, I didn't grow up, like, poor or anything like that. Like, there was food there. But I just didn't want it. And also, I didn't want to drive anywhere, so I would just lay down on the floor and hope that, like, food would appear somewhere. <laughs> so funny, because I remember you telling me that, and I was like, what is he talking about? But then I told my wife later that you did that. She was like, oh, I totally understand. Because <laughs> like, it, it used to, like, make me feel better in the moment. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, like, it's just so funny. I haven't done it in, probably since I was 16. <laughs> so... <laughs> on that note, not fasting on the floor, but sleeping on the floor or doing anything, suffering for somebody else, offering something up. You have a headache, offering up pain for somebody else, fasting for someone else, giving up a meal for someone else. Um, if you're a student and you have a lot of homework to do, like just doing your homework without complaint and then like doing that for someone who needs prayers, these are super prayers for people. They are more powerful than even normal prayers. I always tell my students, Let's say somebody is struggling with a certain kind of sin. You really want to help them out. Or let's say someone's just struggling with anything. It doesn't have to be a sin. They're just sad. They're anxious. Something bad happened in their life, and you want to pray for them. I said to the, say to the students, let's say you just say a quick Hail Mary for them. God's happy you did that. Does God hear that prayer? Absolutely. Let's say you take it a step further. You pray a whole rosary for them. It takes 15 minutes. It takes a little bit of patience. It's five decades worth, right? I said, what are you giving God more to work with? Praying the one Hail Mary or praying the full rosary? Which one contains more love? They'll say, oh, the rosary. I said, exactly. There's more love involved because it took some time. It costed you something. It took some patience. You put more of your heart into it. So while saying one Hail Mary is great, saying the whole rosary is giving God more to work with to give that person graces. I said, now let's take it one step further. Let's say you have a really bad headache, and you actually offer that up along with the rosary for the person you're thinking of. I said, which required the most love? Offering up the headache because now you're going through a suffering and you're deciding not to waste it. You're doing what Jesus did on the cross, which is to love until it hurts. The, there, and Jesus himself said it. He said, uh, no man has greater love than this, that they lay down their life for their friends. So if, what he's saying is that when you suffer for somebody else, because it's costing you something, because it hurts, there's more love contained in that suffering than anything else you could possibly be doing. Therefore, you're giving God more to work with, and you're turning it into a super prayer. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Jesus actually exemplified this really well. When um, the apostles were sent out two by two to cast out demons, there was one possessed man who, no matter how hard they tried, they could not get the probably multiple demons out of this guy. I believe we mentioned this in previous podcasts too, but it's too good of a story not to say. They go to approach Jesus afterwards because Jesus goes right up to the guy and takes one look at him, says, get out, and they're gone. The apostles go to Jesus afterwards, and privately they say, why couldn't we get the demon out of that guy? And Jesus said, some demons, I'm paraphrasing, but he said some demons can only be removed by both prayer and fasting. Why? Well, some sins, some negative emotions, some wounds, you could really even say it, some demons are mm-hmm. more embedded and more powerful than others. doesn't mean someone's got to be possessed. I'm just talking about maybe a sin someone's addicted to. I'm talking about a deep wound that someone can't heal from, forgiveness that someone just can't 
give to somebody else or just holding on to a grudge, these things go really deep. And the deeper it runs, the more addictive somebody is, the more darkness is embedded into someone's heart, the more it's going to take to get it out and the more love is needed to kind of cast that thing out of them. So if you fast, especially like multiple times for somebody, you offer up a, a you know a pain or you skip a meal for them and like your stomach's growling and it hurts and you're thinking of that person while, while it's and, going on. And praying while it's happening. Of course, yeah. praying for them while it's happening, which because <laughs> it is, it's an intense form of prayer fasting. I mean, you, you, you can bet the Lord's going to work with that. You're giving him a lot of love to work with in that prayer. And uh, I can almost pro- almost promise, I mean, I mean, someone's the person you're praying for, their free will has to really be going against God for you to fast and not get results for them eventually, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But if there's the smallest bit of their will open to God through your fasting and your intense prayer that way, you're going to you're gonna cause a conversion. Or at least Jesus will do the conversion through your fasting. Yeah, and also fasting shouldn't just be one and done. You can't just be like, oh, I fasted. You know what I mean? It's like right. a, it's an ongoing thing. It's like, now obviously you need to eat, but you need to, you need to de- develop some kind of routine of how you can... S- practice some form of fasting almost every single day right except for one day of the week what day of the week do you not want to fast sunday yeah sundays and we made that mistake one of our first one of our first ever yeah we we first were on social media and we were putting out these little weekly uh reflections like little thoughts Uh uh-huh it was like my first one (laughs) and i was like today make sure you guys fast from something and it was like a random sunday Sunday. (laughs) yeah (laughs) so funny Uh uh-huh it was a good good thought yeah i mean it made sense and we we got constructive criticism on that post now we'll post something and we'll get hateful criticism yeah that was Yeah. yeah it was it's yes the criticism really is it's rough it's bad the internet's mm-hmm. tough world tough crowd one of my students said that i should give up arguing with people on our instagram <laughs> <laughs> honestly i was thinking about that because one of my students was posting youtube videos mm-hmm. and um on like prayer or the rosary or something and he started getting some hate and he actually came to me to say like what do i say back uh-huh sometimes you ignore it sometimes like you yeah. have to make a decision this is a total tangent we're going on but if the person's not open to the holy spirit at all like you can tell they're just so full of themselves and so angry that no matter what you say, they're not going to want to hear it. It's best not to engage just to pray for them. But if they're a humble, good person, sure, engage yeah. them and give them your gent- gently give them your reasons and show them you understand. And usually it goes a long way. Yep. One last note on the idea of fasting being a super prayer and a great way to kind of open up God's grace and new channels of God's grace for yourself and other people you're praying for. Maria Esperanza, again, we love her so much. She said this. She said uh, to a priest who was very close to her, she said, Father... When I fast, I almost always get what I'm asking for when I fast for something. And now she was a saint. She had the discernment. She knew what to pray for. So I'm assuming she's praying for it's not that doesn't mean she was like, you know, asking for a brand new Xbox Series X. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was a saint. So she, I guarantee she's praying for good things and graces for her soul and other people's. Yeah. Nothing but good. So knowing that she's asking for the right things, she said that when she fasted, she almost always God almost always answered her prayers and, and fast, usually. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <Man>. Okay. <laughs> and finally, last but not least, third reason fasting can literally transform your relationship with God is that we are connecting heaven and earth when we fast. We are actually connecting heaven and earth. You say, Dan, what the heck are you talking about? How can you connect heaven and earth by fasting? Well, think about it, guys. God cures sin. The same way it comes out. How does sin come into the world? Spiritually and then physically, right? A thought, a temptation, and then a physical action. Also through eating. (laughs) Eating was the actual action. Oh, shoot. Eating was the action. So by controlling our stomachs, we Uh can outdo... The uh, the sin which was which was through the mouth which is eating yeah. through a, a fruit that looked juicy and looked looked tasty and just, yep. wow so God always takes out sin the same way it came in 
Uh, and just in general, the way the world tends to work is that spiritually first, physically second. Like, for example, God is pure spirit, right? But he made the world, which came from God. So you have something physical coming from something spiritual. Sin, how'd it go in? A spiritual temptation, a spiritual thought into a physical action, right? Uh, your soul, your, 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 your own make, body and soul makeup. Thomas Aquinas says your body almost like comes from your soul. Like your soul, like in some weird way, contains your body. So it, the way God seems to be teaching us to think is that everything goes from the spirit outwards into the physical realm. Well, how did God save the world? Jesus, he connected heaven and earth. God is spirit. God spoke the world into existence. He spiritually talked about Jesus' coming through the prophets, spiritually guided everybody through the prophets, and eventually that culminated in him actually touching earth and making physical moves on the world. Jesus was a physical person. He was literally heaven connecting earth. That's Jesus. Heaven touching earth is the incarnation, right? So God wasn't content just to like spiritually give us thoughts. He took action. He became part of this world. The apostles saw him. They ate with him. They touched him. He physically suffered for us. He physically gives himself for, to us in the Eucharist. What does fasting do? Fasting is you taking action. It's you're going from a thought, hmm, I love God. I want to have love in my heart. I, I want to pray for this person. And you're putting action into it. It's going from a thought in your mind, a good inspiration from the Holy Spirit, to you saying, I'm going to offer something up for like you know aunt sally or whoever needs the prayers you know and it's also imitating him because he fasted too for 40 days in the desert so when we imitate him we become more christ-like and then you could argue that it's like bringing heaven down to earth anytime you imitate christ oh yeah, yeah. anytime you imitate 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 anytime you imitate christ you are literally fusing heaven and earth and that's how god saves the world by fusing heaven and earth by fasting you are taking the spiritual thoughts that you have, the good thoughts, the thoughts from the Holy Spirit, the feelings that you're getting, the inspiration from the Holy Spirit, and you are actually like putting a physical note on them. You are actually turning that into physical action. I'm going to go through some suffering. I'm going to hear my stomach growl a little bit. You know, I'm going to actually put my phone down tonight. I'm going to actually give up music in the car and pray, right? S something physical is happening to the world, and that's how he saves it. So you are actually... Um, it's kind of like how St. Paul said, um, when St. Paul says, through my sufferings, I make up what is lacking in Christ. Nothing, obviously, is lacking in Christ's sufferings. When he died on the cross, he, that was the, all the fuel that we needed to save the world. And that did beat, heaven, or beat hell and death, uh, his, his, his crucifixion and his resurrection, right? But there's all kinds of other ways that God wants to, and Jesus wants to get his grace out into the world. And when we put a physical... Uh, manifestation on our spiritual inspirations you are literally letting god into the world in a physical way so i love it fasting is a beautiful thing number one puts your body uh at the behest of your soul put your soul in charge of your body number two it's an intense form of love and a super prayer and number three by fasting you are literally fusing heaven and earth just like god did jesus did with the incarnation perfect any last thoughts? No, I'm good. I think I'm ready for the devotional cup. All right. On to the devotional cup in just a second. And we are back with the devotional cup segment. Just as a reminder, we have all kinds of different Catholic devotions, prayers, apparitions of Mary, all kinds of very Catholic spiritual uh bonuses i guess you could say a little graces god gives the catholic faith with these devotions and anthony has a cup 
with a bunch of them in the cup, and we have no idea which one he's going to pick. Totally random. We'll let the Holy Spirit take it. Maybe you can hear it shaking. I have received deliverance prayers. Deliverance prayers. Cool. That's really cool. Seeing that we just talked about this. Uh-huh. Deliverance prayers. Anthony, what are deliverance prayers? Deliverance prayers are not exactly the same thing as exorcisms, because exorcism is when you're straight up possessed. But a deliverance prayer is of a similar nature. If you feel like there's something kind of oppressing you or a constant temptation that you have, you can say deliverance prayers and you ask God to remove this thing. Maybe it's inside. Maybe it's coming externally. Remove this thing out of your soul, this temptation, and replace it with a virtue. So like if it's lust, you're struggling with uh, sins of lust, you ask God to take that out. Like in the name of Jesus, you command that sin to leave. Mm -hmm. But then you also ask for a substitute. You ask for Jesus to fill that void with with chastity or with purity. And it can be for any sin. Uh, But you always have to make sure that you ask for the substitute. Because if you just kick out something bad, then like more bad things might try to come back in. It's true. Jesus says uh, when one demon has been removed, it sees that the place has been swept, meaning your soul is all clean now. Mm -hmm. And it tries again with seven more, more powerful than itself, try to get back in. Yeah. Um, I've actually heard stories about that. People with like huge sins they overcame. And then them getting tempted later on, like a few days later or whatever, in a gigantic way, more in a more intense form of temptation they've ever experienced in their entire life. Um, and uh, if they can say no to that one, it's some, like they're fine. They're it's like they're good it's for like, a it's long. It's almost like the last test. Yeah, it's Not like they're, they're good ever, for a long period of the time. The real last test is after death. I mean, right, like, right. We're always going to be tempted until we die. Right. But I know what you mean. So, uh, interestingly enough, about the deliverance prayers as well, any baptized Christian can pray deliverance prayers. Just a prayer in the name of Jesus to cast out a certain demon. Uh, even even possession. Some saints have pre- just prayed deliverance prayers, and they were holy enough to actually remove demons mm-hmm. from people that were somewhat, you could say, possessed. Uh, exorcism, what's different about that is um, exorcism can only be done by a bishop. There, a, a bishop, as a successor of the apostles, is the only individual that has the authority from the church to do an exorcism because an exorcism is like the big guns. I believe there might be a, another little um, devotion <laughs> in the cup uh-huh. that is based purely for exorcism. So I don't want to give too much information away, but only an, uh, a bishop or a specific priest that a bishop designates can, uh, can actually do a real exorcism. Um, and that's like the, the most powerful weapon against evil. I guess you could say the church has for possession outside of maybe the sacraments. Uh, but, but deliverance prayers are really powerful. I mean, like you said, anybody can do them. Preferably you want to have a priest say them over you. Yeah. If you really feel oppressed, but, um, but yeah, it's pr- pretty cool. Um, so deliverance prayer is very, very, um, I, I want to say beautiful, but a really intense and really good gift that we have in the name of Jesus. Uh, and I think it's really fitting that we we drew that that devotion because we were just talking about demons and how Jesus says some some demons can only be rid by prayer and fasting. Well, if you're struggling with something, and like I said, it doesn't mean you have to think that you're actually possessed, but any demon, quote unquote, like any any way the devil is messing with you, both maybe supernaturally or just naturally, any sin you're addicted to, as I said before, maybe you're having a hard time forgiving somebody or something like that, or you know someone who is, these deliverance prayers will work very, very well, especially if you combine it with fasting. It's like you're backing those prayers up with the action of fasting, which is a more intense form of love. So maybe someone needs to hear this. Yeah, I think definitely, especially if you have a repetitive sin, 
if you find yourself confessing the same thing over and over, yeah, uh, that might be time to seek out deliverance prayers. Deliverance for, prayers for and, that exact, and thing. maybe to fast for the for yeah. the freedom from this sin. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone needs to hear this. Maybe there's someone out there that you or someone you know has a really intense sin they're struggling with, or intense problem or wound or something that they're struggling with, and you're you've been looking for the spiritual answer for a while. Maybe it's not only to pray for them, but to do deliverance prayers. I cast out a spirit of this or that in the name of Jesus Christ and fast to back it up. Yep. And I, and I can almost guarantee you, you'll eventually get results. I mean, I, yeah, almost, I, agree. I mean, like I said, we can't fully guarantee, but I can almost guarantee yeah. <laughs> you will get results eventually. So, um, wow. Prayer, fasting, deliverance, cures all the demons, kicks them out. Um, keep the devil away with these, with these, um, these bonuses that God has given the church in its wisdom. Any last questions or words? No, I think we just close with a prayer. Okay. I mean, I don't know why you'd have questions. I'm acting like you're one of my students. But... <laughs> All right, you want to lead us? Yeah, sure. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, dear Lord, I ask that you remove in us anything that's not supposed to be there. Any, If it's restlessness, if it's, if it's lust, if it's anxiety, it's depression, sadness, unforgiveness, anything that's not so, supposed to be there in our souls. We ask that you root that out, and we command it to go to the foot of the cross. And Lord, we also ask that you replace these things. You replace it with a spirit of peace, a spirit of patience, a spirit of chastity and gentleness and generosity. And Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Father and the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless.